Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. I'm your host Sam Moores and we have just had our best week of football yet. It is of course, we've just had week 12, it is of course our week 12 week up, recap and well look we've got lots of storylines to talk about. It, it's been so hard to put together a running order this week because it's just, just something to talk about in every single game. Um, and look we had our game of the season, we've had it, we had it on Sunday night and that's you know, that's where, what we'll start the podcast with, there's only one place to start. And that's, that's in Philadelphia, where Jalen Hurts took a stronghold in the MVP race with a walk-off run for a touchdown in overtime to secure the win against the Buffalo Bills. The Eagles now move to 10-1 ahead of two crucial games with the NFC One seed. Um, implications against the Niners and the Cowboys. Both of those games are where the opponent are off Thursday night games as well, by the way. Um, but for me, the main storyline for this one is how awesome Buffalo looked in this game. And you know, and how their season could, could be... As well, obviously, as well as Hurts being, you know, pretty much the the front runner for MVP now, is Buffalo and their, and their well, how luck un, unfortunate they would have been really. They looked awesome in this game. I thought I really liked the the look of their offense, not only in this game but also the game against the Jets last week as well. Um, and it's a shame that this might actually be the game that decides whether they get in the playoffs or not. To be fair, because you know, and not the ones that they've been awful in and have somehow won, like the Giants game and. Etc. Um, you know, their defense got the better of the Eagles' offense in the first half, too. 14 points of turnovers and could have more points. Um, Tyler Bass uh, missed, well, he failed to convert two field goals. He had one missed and one blocked by Jalen Carter, which is an awesome flop, <laughs> by the way. But they gave Philly, Philly life at the end uh, with Josh Allen's eighth, well, it, it, well, yeah, his eighth straight game of an interception. Um, he's he's, uh, he's in one of those streaks right now. And a lot, well, a lot of the time, um, well, for him, that feels normal, but uh, yeah, certainly the longest streak of his career. Um, but he was excellent in this one, other than that, that pick to be fair. One of the best QB performances we've seen all, all year from him in that game. Um, unfortunately for Allen, on the other side of that sideline, well, was the current favourite for MVP. He, he showed the world why he's on pace to win the award um, in the fourth quarter and in overtime. A couple of big MVP I'm here plays from Jalen Hurts. Um, the first of the two was in the fourth quarter um, for the touchdown to Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, yeah, awesome play. He well, he extended the play. Oh, third and 15, he extended the play, moved to his left, hit Zacchaeus at the back of the end zone, who, got, who did smartly to get in for the touchdown, 29-yard touchdown, touchdown to give the Eagles a four-point lead. Um, and then that was... That was that until Gabe, Gabe Davis scored for the Bills um, to, to reclaim the lead for them. But Jake Elliott, 59-yard field goal set up overtime, uh, creating what a, an outstanding finish for this game. It was uh, it was going on until, until, you know, gone one in the morning at this point. Now, they moved something like football back a little bit as well. Um, and the, the Bills looked to have scored a walk-off touchdown on the on the first drive of overtime. Uh, but a miscommunication between Gabe Davis and Josh Allen uh Saw the passing complete. Uh, that, that, someone, I think, gave his turn to his left, where he should have probably turned to his right. Um, and that's where obviously that's where Allen threw the football. Um, so that that meant the Bills had to go for a field goal because that was a third down play. Um, and it gave Philly a chance to go and win in the game. And when it did, uh, Jalen Hurts he scored in a run option play. Uh, we've seen that we saw that play like so many times in in this game. They allowed space in there for for him to go for a QB draw kind of kind of run. An awesome block from Jason Kelsey just getting across there to to to, to block uh, uh, Hurts' blindside um, on on that uh, on on that run as well. Um, and look, fair fair play to Kelsey as well because. He probably he, he won and almost lost his game for his team as well because he had that block. But also they, they had two false starts in the fourth quarter that luckily for for Hertz he could comp- complete that third and fifteen pass to Zacchaeus. But you know had had he not that would have been a completely different story. So uh, a bit of a redemption up for Jason Kelsey there. Um and yeah what what a run from Justin Hertz Justin Hertz from Jalen Hertz. I'm sort of thinking about Herbert too much with his performance on Sunday night. Um yeah a win a, a lovely run from Jalen Hertz. 
you know, he's scored so many rushing touchdowns, not only from the Beverly shove or the tush push, but also from his, you know, with, with his legs for, you know, more than a few yards. Um, and he showed exactly why he is an MVP favourite in this game of two rushing touchdowns um, within, oh yeah, like that, and uh, as well as well as the uh, the, the two in, in the air, he scored as well. It might even be three in the air. I think Hurt Smart scored all five touchdowns for the for the Eagles. But you know, he had an excellent excellent game. Um, not as good as Allen. I think Allen probably was a better quarterback. But Hurts, you know, when his team needed him to make plays, he made the plays, and that's what an MVP does. Uh, and that's why I believe he probably is the favorite for MVP. Um, yeah, the Eagles now obviously they're ten and one. They've uh, They've got well. This is the middle of their their tough stretch. Obviously, they've got the uh, they've got the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Seahawks coming up. Obviously, three teams that are currently in NFC uh, playoff positions right now. So um, we'll, we'll I think we will know a lot more about this team in the next three weeks or so. Um, you know, if they if Dallas if Dallas win in Dallas, and if the Niners win, then you know this makes the NFC very interesting. But right now, I think the Eagles are probably the best team in football. Um, and they showed that they showed that in this game as this game as well. Um, hopefully Fletcher Cox is okay. Uh, he suffered a groin injury in the second um, quarter. Uh, he got taken out for the rest of the game. Um, it gave and so it sends to Jordan Davis as well. So hopefully he's okay too. Um, it gave a lot of playing time to Jalen Carter, which I'm sure you know for his uh, defensive rookie of the year campaign it was excellent. But um, you know you know part the reason why the Eagles are so good at front is because they have so many options in the interior of that defensive line um, and well, and on the offensive line as well. They've got Lane Johnson in this game and you, it, so you can sort of tell for a little bit but you know you can tell they've been stockpiling those, those offensive linemen and defensive linemen for a while because you know it's just next month mentality for them and they you know they, they, they come in and perform. Um, so yeah, ho- yeah hopefully uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see if Cox we'll see Davis we'll see Lane Johnson back in the lineup for, for the next couple of games because they are crucial and you know I think well the Dallas pass rush is significantly better than the Buffalo pass rush. The Bills do well creating pressure off, you know, all the pass rushes they have, but Von Miller's not been the same guy this season. Um, yeah, and they're going to do that. He was meant to be their next piece. Um, isn't really the piece that sort of elevated him to the Super Bowl, and obviously he's been injured and stuff. It isn't. Um, so he's maybe 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 he's uh, he's not the same guy anymore. But um, you know, the Cowboys and the Niners pass rush, especially after the Niners added Chase Young. Uh, a completely uh completely different um prospect completely so get yeah hopefully we can get those we can get Lane Johnson back in the lineup for that one um because the video line is probably one of the best in the league if not the best in the league isn't it um and as for Buffalo well look they're 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 um they're sort of in a sticky situation at six and six now where they have to probably win most of the games if not win out to get in the playoffs now um I think it's going to take 10 11 wins to get into the playoffs and obviously they're at six and six now so they're going into a bye week now they're probably at it's probably come at a good time, although I they probably would have liked to have it a couple of weeks ago, um, when they were in this sort of bit of a slide, uh, and yeah, they, they I think for them a successful bye week is obviously a bit of rest for them, and also one of the likes of Houston or um Bron- Denver or Indianapolis or Pittsburgh losing tomorrow um on next weekend, I think that's probably what they're hoping for, um and like, if all those teams you know continue to win games as they are right now, then Buffalo are on, on the outside looking in and yeah uh whether they get in the playoffs or not was a different story I think that's the uh but yeah just final final thoughts ready Jalen Hurts for MVP. Um, right now, I'd say probably second to Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, probably second behind him is Tyreek Hill, uh, and yeah, Buffalo. By what we saw this week, they're not out of it. Um, but I would probably say that they, uh, they, they need to win out. I'd say to get to secure a playoff spot, and uh, yeah, they've got a tough, tough run of games coming up after after this one as well. So it is going to be, it is going to be tight. But look, if 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 you can show. Uh, if you, if you can show that you can win those games going into the playoffs, then you'll, they'll be uh, they'll be scary in, once they actually do get there, if they do get there. Um, two teams who look like they probably will go there are the Jags and the Texans. I'm going to move on to that game now. The, the Jags coming away three-point winners against the Texans uh, away you know, in, in Houston as well. Um, after Matt Amendola hit the crossbar on his 58-yard field goal, it, pre- it prevented overtime and it gave the Jags the win um, and a two-game lead at the top of the AFC South as well. Um, but don't let the, the box score fool you. The Jags were firmly in control in this one for most of the game, uh, but a turnover followed by a clutch goal line stopped by the Texans uh, literally just before the half to stop a, another touchdown, kept the Texans in it, and in fact, they actually led the game early in the third quarter as well. 
Um, both quarterbacks were excellent in this game. It's going to be a fun battle for years to come between Stroud and Trevor Lawrence. But it was Lawrence who got the better of this one after Stroud won the uh, game earlier in the season. I think it was like week three or something. Um Houston did actually have a bit of luck go against them too in this one. A long pass of Tank Dell was wiped out uh, for an illegal shift that we, we, we see a lot of these San Francisco t- style teams do. Um, you know, just motion out and then and then start running, you know, and obviously start running in the motion. But I, th- I think Dell might have just, obviously you can't go forward on these motions. I think Dell might have just moved his, his, his left leg to the left a little bit too much. So it would count as forward, but it was close. And really, it could go either way. And I, I, I probably would have given them that, that long that long game. And then maybe that would have changed the game. Who would have known? Um, an awesome fourth quarter from CJ Stroud put Houston in position to tie the game. But obviously, Matt Armadale's field goal uh, miss proved costly in the end. Uh, remember, he's a replacement kicker for Kaimi Fairburn, who's on IR. I think he's coming off IR this week, which is why Armadale got, got waived. And they added uh, Derek Barnett, the pass rusher yesterday. Or well, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Texans D-line, actually, because him, you know, they've got a nice rotation going on there with Grenard and Will Anderson. Adding Derek Barnett in there, obviously, former first rounder, will be, uh, be nice to see for them, especially as they, they reach the postseason, because I think they probably will reach the postseason now. But they, to, to sort of secure it, they had to win this game. But um, they're going to be a wild card team because the Jags look to have got the division on lock right now. Um, as for the Jags offense, because it's come into a little bit of criticism recently, especially after the San Francisco game a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, they had way more urgency in this game. They looked better because of it too. Um, you know, they didn't panic when Houston took away the run game. They just concentrated on the pass and gave Lawrence another good game um, in the air, back to back, back to back weeks in the air. Good for good for the QB. Uh, and uh, it's also back-to-back weeks of, uh, with interceptions with Derek Stingley now as well. The uh, the Houston um, number three overall pick from from last year, obviously at corner. He's had a, he's had his injury problems. He's missed most of the last two years, but he's played the last three games after getting injured in week two, and he's got interceptions in the last two weeks. So that's showing a little bit of growth there. Although he did allow a TD in this game too. So <laughs> yeah, swing, swings and roundabouts. Uh, you know, as as for both these teams um, from this game, the Jags. Well, yeah, they're. Uh, they they're in serious contention for the one seed now. It's you know there's the uh, the four eight and three team well the three eight and three teams and then there's the Ravens at nine and three but they're going to a bye week now. Um yeah the the Jags and the Dolphins have got the easier schedule you know although the Chiefs one it has eased up since Joe Burrow got injured. Um and yeah obviously the Ravens got to play the Dolphins as well so obviously that. that yeah. I'd probably say the likelihood is all those teams are going to be nine and three going into next week. So you have four teams on nine and three going in going into the final um what four or five weeks of the season, um all fighting for that one. So it's going to be one hell of a dogfight. And uh, look, Jacksonville are firmly in there, um and and they showed in this game obviously beating another playoff contender in a in a shootout. You'd probably say as well, um you know the defense they they didn't have to rely on their defense to to get to uh to win this game, you know, the defence didn't produce, they produced so many turnovers, they didn't really, they, they weren't a big factor in this game at all, compared to what they have been in other games, it was all on Trevor Lawrence, and he, he uh, yeah, he, he, he succeeded, so, um, yeah, the, the Jags last two weeks have won in different ways, and they've, they've convinced me that they probably can go far in the playoffs, it's just whether the play, because Doug Peterson's come into a little bit, it's like, he called a great game hit. Well, it's not just him; it's more of a collaborative effort, isn't it? But yeah, the Jags' offense called a, called, had a great game, and uh, long may that continue because this defense is uh, it, it can produce turnovers and it can it can confuse the best of the QBs. Um, and then for Houston, look, I I love them again. I'm probably a year away, but you know, being six and five with a rookie quarterback is absolutely amazing. I, uh, I I can't I can't wait to see this team. You know, when there's got so much cap room they can spend next year, it's going to be a, a pretty good um destination for free agents because I think guys who want to play for D'Amico Ryans and play CJ Stroud um, you know they, they might even add another weapon at receiver which just think about how good Collins, Della, Noah Brown have been add another receiver in there and then, it, then it's scary um, the only thing they have to keep hold of Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator they have to yeah he, he obviously he's come over from San Francisco he's another one of those guys as I mentioned earlier um, and you know if, if they have to keep hold of Slowick because he is the mastermind behind this offense it's, it's perfect for CJ Stroud um, and you know, I I feel like he might get some head coach interviews with, with how good he's done of a job with this offense um this season. So so hopefully if they can keep hold of Slowick for another year, they they can really go and have a have a go next year. Um, and for the division and this year they're still going to get in as a wild card team, I think. But uh, yeah, I think the, the chance of the division is probably gone, being two games back from the Jags now. Uh, another team that will be competing with Houston for a wild card spot are the Denver Broncos, um, who have just won their fifth straight game. 
uh, to go 6-5 and five on the year, and they've elevated themselves firmly into the AFC playoff picture after beginning the year 1-5. and five. Um, the Part of the reason why I began the year 1-5 and five was because of Vance Joseph's defence, and uh, you know, it, it not only let up that massive 70-point um, burger against the Dolphins, but it also lost the team a few one-score games at the start of the year. Um, but it's transformed in the last month or so, and it's really complementing the efficient offense that Sean Payton's running and Russell Wilson is really executing very well. Um, indeed, uh, I'm so happy for Russ as well. He's been one of my favorite QBs for a long time, and I think he's taken a lot of flat this past year or so. Um, so to be in a position now where he's clearly been a top ten, maybe even top five quarterback this year, but top five might be pushing it, but certainly top ten. Um, you know, is awesome, and this is the Denver team that I hoped to see last year. I predict the Broncos to be twelve and four last. Last year, uh, twelve and five last year, and when the AFC West obviously uh, with the Chiefs, we didn't know what they were going to look like when uh, losing Tyreek Hill last year. And you know, this is the team I hope to see last year. Obviously, now they've got a good coach with a good reason. Nathaniel Hackett, on the other hand, in, even in New York now, is showing that he just he's he's not he's not got it. And um, yeah, he was very much a Rogers hire, I believe. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll see, we'll see what the offense looks like with Rogers next year in New York. But right now, look with. Russ and Sean Payton, the Broncos, after giving up loads loads of first round picks, obviously they got one back for Bradley Chubb, which they used to go uh, get Sean Payton. Um, but you know they uh, they're firmly in a good position now, and it it you know I think the the journey this team has gone on from the start of the year to the end of the year just shows that they they will be uh, that they will be um be a team to to be reckoned with next year for sure because they've uh, they cause they've still got some um some capital to add some players next year as well. Um, Obviously, they beat the Browns. They uh, they beat the Browns twenty nine to twelve in this one. I didn't mention that, um, and it was probably the worst the Browns have looked in offense since their uh, their loss to Baltimore. When uh, sorry, Dorian Thompson Robinson just just stepped in the last last minute um, against the Ravens earlier in the season. Um, you know, they turned the ball over three times. And they were one and three in the red zone. Um, and it wasn't really on him actually. I thought he looked quite composed at that point. So it was about the Den- Denver probably took away the run game more than. Um, you know, relative to how it's been the rest of the season, Cleveland didn't dominate the ground. The ground game. It was it was Denver that dominated the ground game in this game. Smarty P. Ryan and Javante Williams had a great day on the ground. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Browns' offense offered nothing really other than a cool touchdown pass uh, from uh, and play call from Stefanski. Um, to uh, to, to, to that could have made it a tight game. Um, obviously, Thompson Robinson threw it to I think it was Harrison Bryant. Uh, you had you had three or four guys lined up behind him like a T formation, um, and yeah, and yeah, uh, awesome play call from him. Uh, but Amari Cooper dropped the two point conversion, which allowed Denver to stay in the lead. And after that, the Browns didn't score again the rest of the game. Um, Thompson Robinson took a took a hit at the start of the fourth from DJ Jones. He fumbled, and then Denver scored off that. Uh, that um that fan was well. so obviously Denver who a team who haven't scored off turnover as much as she is scoring off a turnover there, um and and um yeah and after that uh, Thomas Robinson was taken out of the game for a head injury I don't know if it, it might it, I don't know if it, they've not really said he's going to play next week or not um it's sort of it's up in the air um really and um and and yeah a PJ Walker PJ Walker came in the guy who I thought would start for, for the Browns originally but I think with them they got Ricky Quarterback you may as well see who you have in Thompson Robinson and and they might still get in the playoffs anyway but I'm feeling less confident after watching this game because I I don't know how their offense is going to look the rest of the season um yeah uh so I I'm sort of stuck where I think about the Browns now to be honest they, you know they beat up bad teams but I feel like this is what they'll be like if they sneak into the playoffs. I think they'll they'll probably they'll they'll, they'll be able to compete. You know, because they're gonna they're likely gonna gonna play it one of you know Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville, um, Kansas City in in the first round of the playoffs. And those four teams are absolutely excellent on offense, especially you know uh, the Ravens, the Dolphins, um, and the Dolphins. Obviously, the Chiefs. Uh, I'm hoping the Chiefs can find a second gear in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if the, the Browns can really compete with that. So. Uh, Maybe they'll sneak in, but I I can't see them going any further than that. Um, they they had a bit of injury luck like in this one as well. Obviously, they've missed so many players of injury this year. Nick Chubb being out for the year, Deshaun Watson, obviously going out um with his uh, season-ending surgery. Uh, Miles Garrett left this game with a shoulder injury as well. Uh, but he is expected to play next week, which is huge news for them. There was no structural damage to his shoulder whatsoever. Um, and yeah, for a team that's been unlucky all year, a bit of injury luck, and that's great news. Um, and yeah, I that's it really. The both these teams, you know, this was crucial in the playoff 
picture. The the Broncos looking brilliant going into a game against Houston next week, um, which will be a a game we will definitely preview um as one of the main ones because it's probably the best game in the six pm window. Um and yeah, the other the other only inter- interesting thing you can say about this game is the fact that there was a scoragami. Uh yeah, twenty nine to twelve after the safety from Zach Allen you know, for the sack on PJ Walker. Uh, add the, the another two points of the Broncos making it a, a unique score and a scoragami, so a score you've never seen before. Uh, we'll we'll go, you know, we'll jump in time. We'll go on to Sunday night football now, where the Ravens moved to nine and three after beating uh, the Chargers. Uh, Zay Flowers was the star of the show, really. Here, he didn't have many yards, but he, he his two touchdowns were a difference uh, for the Ravens to sneak past the Chargers. Um, and really for the Chargers, turnovers lost in this game. They, they didn't have anything offensively again. I, I, they, they've not really... Imp- a, a nice play call from Keller Moore, to be fair, for, um, you know, at a point, so there's a, a, nice, uh, a nice game where Keenan Allen threw a pass. But, um, yeah, I, they're just... They've turned the ball over so much recently, and they're, they're not really running the football. And with Austin Eckler, you'd like to think they could probably be able to run the football well. Um, to see if if they if they give Keller Moore the head coaching job, I don't think that's a, the you know the way this offense has looked this year. I don't think that's a a good idea because Herbert's probably having the worst year of his career right now. Um, yeah, he had an interception and a fumble in this game, but again, I don't think this game was his fault. I think it was more you know turnovers. You know, Eckler had a fumble as well. Keaton Allen also had a fumble. Um, that's you know, it's four turnovers, and in a ten point game, that first four turnovers are you know, glaringly obvious as the difference in this game. Um, Justin Tucker also missed a forty four yard field goal to allow the Chargers to take the lead with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you know, fourth quarter, however, I've, I've had my critics couldn't couldn't produce anything. Um, and yeah, the Ravens went on went on and scored in the next drive with a cool Russian play from Zay Flowers, um, who did the penalty celebration and the Ronaldo Sue <laughs> afterwards to put the Ravens at nine and three and in a possession of the of the one seed in the AFC going into their bye and what position for them to be in for the Chargers? Yeah, unfortunately they just they they just need to reset, hit reset. I don't know, you know, there's so many factors going wrong as to why these teams are losing the games. I don't think it's a defense. I'm telling you, I don't think it's a defense. If I'm being honest, the defense has played good the last six, seven weeks. You know, compared to how it has done the last two, three years of Staley, um, it's it's the inconsistencies on offense. And I think obviously the lack of skill position players, which you can't you can't criticize her before because he's lost Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. They benched Quentin Johnston in this game as well, their first round pick, who's been horrendous. Um, so it's basically just Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and and obviously once people know you're going to throw to Keenan Allen, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna to try to take him away, and <laughs> he, he you know, even with that, he got hundred yards in this game. So, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not gonna criticize her, but I'm not. I can't really criticize Steady either. But I think there needs to be some sort of reset in in um in LA, and I think it'll be Steady who goes. And I think they need to get an offensive head coach. I think Jim Harbour was perfect here. Honestly, get him in there. Um, you know, obviously, you might not call plays, but just get him in there to work with her. But someone like him, you know, someone like Ben Johnson as well, would be perfect for this role as well. Just. Just yeah, um, you know maybe even Bobby Slowick. I honestly I think I I'd be going after Bobby Slowick if I was if I was a Chargers right now because put, you know it's, it's a good fit for Herbert. Put Herbert in that offense in that San Francisco offense, and I really want to watch him cook. Um, but you know just just the Chargers season's over now, um, and the Ravens well they're they're in they're in the best position they've been in for since their since Lamar's MVP season. Um, and I'd probably say like a better team than they did in MVPs, uh, Lamar's MVP season as well. Even though Lamar probably won't win MVP um, this year, they've they, they've looked excellent. And um, yeah, the one seed right now is theirs to lose. They've got that big game against Miami coming up in a few weeks' time as well, which I think will we'll, could decide it. But uh, Baltimore excellent, their defense excellent, their offense wasn't as good in this game. It's a fair play to the Chargers' defense, but yeah, Baltimore for sure. Uh, can't wait to see the rest of the year. Okay, one game which will be crucial for the rest of the year is the uh, the, the the Falcons win in the NFC South to claim the NFC South lead, which I just wouldn't have seen happen a couple of weeks ago, because um, Arthur Smith, their the head coach, is firmly on the hot seat. Um, they looked good in offense this week. Obviously, coming out of bye week, it's what you expect for a, for a man again who is on the hot seat because of how bad his offenses look this year. Um, and obviously, Bard Desmond Ridder, who's through another two interceptions, I think is a horrific quarterback at this level. Um, they moved into the NFC South because of their run game. Uh, B. John Robinson, Cordero Patterson, and Taraji all making plays in this one. They were really good. Uh, we've been waiting for this for ages because you know, with a bad QB the last couple of years, the Falcons' offense has been has been good enough to win games. 
You know, they were good at all elements and offenses last year other than the corporate position. But they haven't been the same this year until this game where they look really good. A huge game for Arthur Smith. Um, you know, obviously he's been in the, the hot seat for the past month or so and I think he probably will still get fired. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, this this game showed that, you know, maybe maybe he has adjusted things and if you do give him a good callback then maybe he'll be able to get the likes of Carl Pitts and Benjamin Robinson involved more. But um, yeah, Fair play to Riddle, by the way. Actually, I, I think I've been a you know, critic so far, but you know his his throw that um ended in in the uh, the Beaton Robinson touchdown um awesome throw and there's a good there's a uh, awesome play from from Jake London before that as well. So it was a nice drive from him um you know in that in that game. Uh, but my you know fair play to the Falcons, they look good. But my takeaway from this game is God, the Saints, they're you know they're throwing away a really good chance of making the playoffs. Right now, they're clearly the most talented team in the, in the NFC South. Clearly, you know the fact that they're thrown away of an excellent chance of the playoffs just makes me think Dennis Allen might even go before the season. Like, I think he's gone after the season certainly. Uh, you know, Derek Carr did not look great in his return from concussion. Yeah, he threw for loads of yards, but other than that, like he wasn't he wasn't a factor at all. You, yeah, I reckon you could James Winston could have done the same job if I'm being if I'm being honest. This offense should be so good. You've got so many skill position players, and they're just they're just not playing well. And you know, you know, no touchdowns in this game. In a game where they had three hundred yards in the air, Bailey Greepy he scored every single one of the Saints' fifteen points, five field goals. He missed a sixth, and that's off a of, off a of bye week. Their offense couldn't get flowing off a of bye week. You know, they, they, they were so good in offense. They've been so good in offense all year. Yards, you know, I think they're top ten in yards. But they get to the red zone and they just, you know, Pete Carmichael's offense just just folds. You know. They, they they outgained Atlanta. They had over four hundred yards in this game, but they lost by two scores because they were own five in the red zone. And I've had those issues all year. They they've not gone away. They've had the only the only game that the Saints have completely either dominated an opponent or looked you know you know met their potential on offense is that game against the Colts. And that was a that was a shootout. Um, the defense didn't turn up in that one, and that, you know the defense turned up in this one pretty well I'd say but a lot of the time when when your offense is 0-5 in the red zone you're not going to win football games <laughs> you know it's, it's just I don't I don't know what happened well, maybe the decision the decision to pay Derek Carr is not looking great right now if I'm being honest um, and you, you've you've got like you've, <laughs> you've got all these weapons you've got Taysom Hill you've got Alvin Kamara you've got Rashid Shahid who to be fair to him went out in this game you've got Chris Olave who again went out in this game with a concussion uh, you know you you got Lim Bowden, who's he's you know he was a was he is quite a high pick by the Raiders. Um, he's had you know, he made plays for the Dolphins of two out quarterback a couple of years ago as well. He's no slouch, obviously. You've Michael Thomas as well being injured. Like they they had injuries towards the end of this game for the Saints, but you should at least be able to convert one you know convert one of those field goals into a touchdown. It's a different story this game. Maybe even two two and they win this game. You know they the Saints bottled this game. Um, and I think that shows that I think Carmichael's on the hot seat. I think he goes, uh, and I, I which is a shame because he obviously he's been in New Orleans, you know, the whole time that Sean Payton was there as well. Obviously, he had his, his year as head coach, um, when, when Payton was suspended, um, and yeah, I think Dennis Allen has gone as well because although his defense has been excellent this year, I think this offense has been so incompetent that something has to change and maybe they go, maybe they go, 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 go full reset because the Saints should be winning this division easily. You'd like to think. Um, look, at least we had one of the best ma- uniform matchups of 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 the week in the or uh, well, probably the best as well. With the the Saints cut a rush going against the Falcons throwback. What you know the the red helmets the obviously that like Michael Vick numbers that jersey just makes me think of Michael Vick, the the the, the uh, throwback jersey for the Falcons and then the Saints cut a rush is awesome. Just makes me think Drew Brees and Kamara, um, and yeah, just I don't know. Look, both these teams are still alive, and what, what I think probably the way the Bucks have been this year, one of these teams will be in the playoffs. They're both at five and six right now. The Falcons have an advantage. Obviously, there's they play each other um, again at the end of the season. So, with the if the Saints do win that, the game in New Orleans, and it's a completely different story. But God, these t- both these teams have so many issues, and one of them is going to be a playoff team. I think just shows the state of the NFC South. But um, I honestly think actually, even though one of them is going to make the playoffs, I think both both. Um, both head coaches are fired this year, which I think just says something about about the uh, the NFC South and the Saints and the Falcons. To be honest with you, <laughs> okay, we'll go over to the AFC now. All another division tie, all AFC North tie, where the Steelers came out on top against the Bengals. Um, a key game again in the AFC wildcard race. 
and their offense looked really good. They looked really good, but it looked decent, especially in the second half. They played really well against backup Q, and then the defense played really well against the backup QB for the Bengals, Jake Browning, as expected, because yeah, they're one of the best defenses in football, especially at taking the football away and getting sacks as well. Um, but it was the offense. It was the Pittsburgh offense that was the story of, of, of the game here. And they were they were really good. Four hundred yards on offense. Didn't do that once in the Matt Canada era. I think about how long he's been there, been there in Pittsburgh. Uh, they outgunned an opponent for the first time this season, according to CBS. And Kenny Pickett was PFF's second highest graded passer this week, and that was behind Dak Prescott, who had one of the best grades of all time on Thanksgiving night against the Commanders. He he had his joint career high uh, big time throws at four. He had zero turnover. He plays obviously he had uh, the second most passing yards in a game in his career as well. Um, if he didn't get the touchdowns we we would have we'd have liked for. You know he got the, got the one, but you know mind blowing stuff. How you take away Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett looks brilliant with the uh, with the collaboration effort that Pittsburgh have got calling plays right now. Um, yeah, I thought they looked really, they looked really good offensively. Obviously on the ground, Najee Harris had another good game. Jalen Warren made an impact in the passing game as well. A few carries in the game as well. Um, uh, the, the only thing really you got a bit of drama with Deontay Johnson who was beefing. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick last week, and now he didn't even attempt to recover a fumble on offense. So maybe there's something going on there. Maybe they don't they don't retain him because I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. Um, but I mean, maybe he was frustrated because he didn't really see the football because it was it was a Pat Fry move game over a hundred yards in the air. Awesome game for move because he's just come back off IR a couple of weeks ago, um, and yeah, he is a real he's a real factor for the team. He's probably their best offensive player, um, I'd say. Uh yeah yeah he probably is the best offensive player other than maybe George Pickens I, I love watching Pickens play he's so good um and he obviously he's got the spectacular catching him as well hasn't he um yeah the Steelers if they could play out that offensively the rest of the year then you know maybe they will get my eleven and six prediction that I and and, may, and and maybe um yeah maybe. Maybe Mike Tomlin will win coach of the year, which obviously is making me look pretty good, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think other than that, you, look, the defence is great. The offence has played well as well. Sorry, but my series went off in my ears and I just got so confused and put off. Um, yeah, though the the, uh, the offence looked really good. The defence, to do what another good game. Um, look, I think Miles Garrett might win defensive player of the year, but if the Steelers could do better than the Browns, then maybe that has an effect. Or that, you know, it's between those, those two Michael Parsons, Deron Bland, and maybe Fred Warner is is an open book really, and maybe whoever wins the most, gets the most sats out, out of those two wins. But yeah, what an excellent game again! Made made an impact. Um, got sacks. Um, and then yeah, as for the Bengals, we'll go to them now. That I think they will. They looked okay. I think they will win. Get especially against this defense as well. I think they will win games with Jake Browning at QB. But after this loss, I'd say their playoff chances are quite thin. Um, you know, and also their defense might be about Logan Wilson for a bit as well because he he has an ankle injury. Um, but the offense actually, I think you know, they got um, they got Jamar Chase involved. T Higgins is coming back off injury next week apparently. Although I probably would rest him. Saying that actually, he's a free agent, so maybe you do play him and try try um, you know get his price up or something so they need to have, don't have to pay him I, I don't know um yeah the Bengals are going to look completely different when, when Barry comes back next year but I guess the rest of this year is just finding about about what you have with all your free agents and stuff I think it's just maybe an experimental couple couple games left for the for the Bengals but their, their season's probably over and as for the Steelers their season is firmly alive and yeah their offense wow their offense was their offense impressed Okay, we'll uh, we'll move over to the toilet bowl where the Giants were victorious after Chad Ryland's thirty-five yard miss uh, for the Patriots to take this game to overtime. This game was just as bad as I thought it would be. Both teams have played some of the worst football I've watched this year in and yeah you know, in recent memory. To be honest with you, imagine if we played that overtime. God, God that would have been that would have been horrific. Um, with the loss, New England have four games of seven points or less a season. Which is mental because in the entire Tom Brady era, the you know twenty years or so, uh, they had five in that entire era. So um, yeah, two and nine, they're firmly in number one pick contention now. Um, I actually think Belichick probably deserves to be fired with the way he's handled the offensive side of the football since since Brady and actually before it as well because his draft picks before Brady were absolutely horrific. Um, you know. He keeps flacking, he keeps flipping between Matt Jones and Bailey Zappi. He gave both a half in this game, but they have no skill talent. Oh, they only have a run game, and they actually run the ball well. It was actually to be well two to be fair. Actually, they had almost one hundred and fifty yards on the ground between Zeke and Madre Stevenson. Um, touchdown in there as well. Uh, but yeah, I think but honestly, I think Belichick 
he probably deserves to be fired with the way like he's neglected the offensive side of the football because it's an offensive league now. It, it is. I'm sorry, Bill, but it is. And um, you know, if, if he gets Caleb Williams, or I think he go, I think he goes in New England this year. I can't see him staying very very often. I just don't think his style of coaching works anymore. But you know, if he does stay and if he does get Caleb Williams or, or Drake May, those two excellent talents that. Uh, I don't really want the Patriots staff to waste, and also as well, I kind of want them to go to the NFC because there's so many callbacks to the AFC. Just you know, make you know, shake up the NFC, make it interesting. Um, but you know, with them and the Giants, they're sort of playing their way out of a quarterback, which I don't really think is a good idea. If I'm being honest, like with them, I, 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 I you know, Tommy DeVito doesn't look any different to Daniel Jones, and this is a guy they're playing over thirty million a year, and that's that's an issue. That's a really really big issue. The fact that a rookie quarterback, you know, from Div Two in college is is looking just as good as the Daniel Jones, and it probably actually better than Daniel Jones. Actually, he's he's, he's won uh, he's won a fair few games. This you know, he's won towards the two three games now that Devito's won. Obviously, two in a row for the Giants, and they're now at four and eight, and, and you know, still still probably alive in the NFC wild card. They won't get it, but they're still they're still alive right now. And um, yeah, Patriots. Oh God, Patriots been horrific this year, but um, yeah. Oh, also another thing with the Giants as well. This this is a weird thing. Their defense obviously has played brilliant all year, but there's been a bit of a rift between Wink Martindale and the head coach Brian Dable. Um, we've we've seen that reported all all weekend, and then the defense played so well that uh, Dable gave Martindale the uh, game ball. So we'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Then maybe one of them moves on or something. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that one that's a uh, a bit, bit bit of an interesting thing to watch there, um, for sure. But. Giants defense is what's kept this team alive. Well, has won this team the last few games. Really, the offense has been efficient, just as efficient as it was with Daniel Jones. And yeah, this game really was a sort of top five pick bowl. And yeah, the Patriots won it by losing by missing that field goal. I wonder if Belichick told Rollins to miss it or not. <laughs> That's another thing. But uh, we'll get on. To, we'll get on to the uh, another game between two pretty poor teams, the Panthers and the, the Titans now, um, where the Titans actually stopped a three game slide. Um, Obviously, they are three away games in a row, and to win their fourth straight home game, so they're a completely different team at home, um, beating the Panthers in what was to be Frank Reich's last game. Uh, shock there, wasn't it? Totally, totally not surprised by that whatsoever. That's the second time that uh, has uh, second time that Frank Reich's been been fired in two years. Um, one and done this year. Obviously, had a few years in Indianapolis, but the second time in a row that he's been fired before the season ended as well, which is quite funny. Um, and that we knew it was coming after Dave Tepper. Just shook his head and swore and you know, on TV. You can tell by his reaction after the game that that, that Reich would go yesterday. Um, you know the Panthers have been abysmal this season all year, especially off on the offensive side of the ball. <coughs> um, and I just wonder where they go from here. I really do. You know, they uh, when when they hired Reich, he obviously, but I think probably the reason why they did hire him is because he presented a, like a superstar cast of. Um, assistant coaches and a lot of them have been fired since as well since uh reich's gone as well but you know he had this this huge list of assistant coaches a lot of them a lot of the guys um were a couple of them were interviewed for head coaching jobs this off season just shows how how you know staff started that that list was and now they're blowing this up after one year um obviously it looks like they've taken the wrong quarterback because cj stradlish looks excellent um yeah bryce young's in a horrific situation i think maybe they want to change that as well but that's to the gm scott fitterer he's had some horrific draft picks especially offensively the last couple of years um uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Ike Bakwano who's looking like a shell of the guy who last year the team just looks like a joke I'm being honest <laughs> really um, yeah I just you know neither of the rookie QBs look great in this one but Will Levis looked slightly better and you could tell that that was because he was in a very good situation compared to what the Panthers are in and the Titans have still got a horrific offensive line but at least they've got guys who can get open and receive and you know at least they've got a running back who can you know run the football because Miles Sanders and Chuba haven't been great this year either like you know the Titans' offensive line is no, it has been horrific too. But the, the Panthers' offensive line is, you know, along with the Commanders' one is just a new level of bad. Um, and it, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. I think both GM and 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 head coach will end up getting fired in, in the first place in the next, um, well, in the next couple of weeks anyway. And then just show. I wonder what they do with Bryce Young then, because obviously they don't have a first round pick this year, so they sort of stuck with him, but. Maybe the new organization don't want Bryce Young, so it's you know it's just it's just an interesting you know we they they sacked him because they're one and ten, but if we're being honest, this Panthers team has no talent. They probably were going to go you know unless their defense stayed healthy and won in the game won the games, which I thought could happen. 
Um, you know, but the second I saw the offensive line in preseason, I, th- I knew that I knew this would be a long season for the Panthers, and it has been. And yeah, looks like they're probably going to get the, the Bears' number one overall pick this year. Where they can get a better quarterback than Bryce Young, who obviously they uh, they refused a chance to draft last year. Um, and yeah, the the Panthers are just a bit of a joke right now, and they they look they look they're probably going to be a bit of a joke next year as well. By by the uh, if I was to have a guess right now, certainly Derek Brown, Brian Burns, I expect, but um, maybe even JC Horn. They'll look to move on on from this offseason. I think just full reset. You may as well and try and try and start from the beginning. Which I feel sorry for Bryce, but I think that's probably the way to do it because they're just they've been stuck in limbo for so many years, and now their team is rotting. If we're being completely honest. Okay, we'll go over to uh, Reich's old team, the Colts, who were victorious. They went to six to five on the year, and they've moved themselves into the wildcard hunt by beating the Bucks twenty-seven to twenty. Um, this game was exactly how, how I thought it would be, and I love watching it. It was a four Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield experience. Good plays, bad. I'm you know big fans of both. You know big plays, turnovers. Uh, I loved it. A close game too. Um, but what won this game was uh the Colts uh, with a uh, having a third and goal tackle on Baker Mayfield with four minutes to go. He was scrambling. He couldn't find anyone open in the end zone. Uh, yeah, and Samson Abukon strip sacked him. Um, actually, no, yes, they, they stopped him on the third goal, and then on the next drive for the the Bucks, they had another drive. Samson Abukon uh, strip sacked um, Baker Mayfield, and that won the game for the Colts. Two awesome plays, two awesome defensive plays, um, with with uh, you know with the Bucks having two drives to go win the game. Um, and yeah, other than that as well, the Colts actually ran away for the Bucks defense that without Levante David, two hundred fifty five yards and three touchdowns. Both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss looked brilliant. And I honestly, if the, if the Colts look good this good the rest of the year, again they could sneak into the playoffs too. They have got a quite nice schedule too. That they are, they are firmly in the hunt. Um, you know, you think the Bucks season is probably over at four and seven, but with the NFC South, it might not be at all. They've still got to play four division games as well. So if, you know, if they win three or four of them, then uh, then then they they might get the playoffs at like eight eight and nine seven and ten, which <laughs> again just wow. Um, obviously, hopefully Baker Mayfield plays in those games. He got hurt. He came back in, but he's questionable right now with with a ankle injury. Hopefully, he does play because um, yeah, Arthur Arthur got hurt. He probably had played his worst game of the season, but he's looked so good all year that I am. I hope he can continue to play at a high level the rest of the year, or at least a high level for Baker Mayfield the rest of the year. Um, and look after the Colts. You know, if Richardson was in this team, I think they'd, look, they'd be awesome. We were talking about how good both Richardson and Stroud are, um, as we were at the start of the year. But um, yeah, for me, well, um, Colts are firmly in it, and if they, they, that run game and defense in the playoffs could really, uh, really trouble some teams. So uh, yeah, they 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 certainly they certainly put out a statement in this one against a good defense, albeit probably without one of their best players. Uh okay, two more. Let's see, three more games to finish off. We'll go over to uh the or to, to Vegas now, where uh the Chiefs came from behind to beat the Raiders. Uh, they scored their season high seventeen points in the second half. They got they uh they uh, well they they they, yeah, they got over their little uh little bit of voodoo to do that. Um, the Raiders got out to an early lead. Obviously, they controlled the ball in the first half. They were up fourteen to nothing. Uh, the Chiefs had nothing offensively until the end of the first half. But they found another gear in the second half, ending the second half woes with uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey all having huge days. Um, as the Raiders fell away in the second half, um, you know they were up fourteen nothing early in the second quarter, uh, and scored three the rest of the game, losing thirty one seventeen. A bit of an implosion from them. They uh, as the Chiefs turned up, they fell away, uh, and suddenly it was a two score game <laughs> before you knew it. Uh, and the Chiefs were in complete control of this one. Um, yeah, we'll start with the Raiders at least for them. Josh Jacobs looked really good. He had a 63-yard run for a touchdown. He looked good um, for the first time in ages as well, over 100 yards on the ground, 5.5 yards per carry as well. Um, Aiden O'Connell looked all right too as well. I think Aiden O'Connell probably looked better than Derek Carr this week, which is interesting. Uh, sixth best QB this week, according to PFF. He had, he had a pretty good week as well. Um, uh, as for the Chiefs, Mahomes didn't really have to do much this game. It was more of an Isaiah Pacheco game and you know, Mahomes finding Kelsey and Rice when you know in, in the key spots. Um, they took out Mahomes' hand. They gave it to Isaiah Pacheco, and he ran all over the Raiders, and um, and they looked pretty dominant in that way. The defense for the for the Chiefs was excellent in the second half, as it has been all year. Um, Devontae Adams had a big play um, at the start of the game. Obviously, that that set up the touchdown, um, for the first touchdown for the Raiders. Um, and after that, they completely took him away. Obviously, the Chiefs were very good at taking away number one receivers. Devontae Adams, number one receiver, the Chiefs eliminated him after after that that touchdown play at the end. Uh, uh, sorry, at the start of the game. Um, and yeah, I think 
the defense it's been good all year. I don't see that changing unless they lose someone like Chris Jones. Like, like, yeah, even without Nick Bolton, they're still playing very, very, very good defense. Um, and you know, the offense they showed encourage they you know they encouraged me in this game. Obviously, no no game no points in the second half already all, all season. And they scored seventeen season high straight away in this game after after that disappointing loss to the Eagles last week. So hopefully they sort of turns into corner. Um, I guess maybe you know. Andy Reid two weeks off by now. This is probably his uh, his time to cook, and hopefully, yeah, the Chiefs that late by for the Chiefs might help them. And I expect it probably. I look, I still I still think they're probably a super positive favorite in the AFC, even with the way they looked. If I'm being completely honest, um, I, my two favorites are probably over Kansas City and Miami right now, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, but uh, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, different stories. I think I think the Eagles are just too good right now, uh, but I think they I think they will get there based on what they showed in this game. I think they will get there, and the Raiders. Um, it's all about next year, isn't it? I think you just need to get a good coach and um, yeah, build and you know obviously you're good, you're good at defensive line, you're good, you're good skill position players. You just need a quarterback and maybe another DB. I think you're actually probably starting to put quite a good team now, which is um you know good. You got you got good foundations. It'll be an attractive job for a head coach for sure. It's just whether the organisation can attract anyone because of how dysfunctional they've been for a very long time. <laughs> um, and then the last game before we got on, to, uh, on Sunday, before we got on to Monday Night Football, was in Arizona, where the Rams, the Rams are really good, I have to say, on both sides of the football. They've got a, they've got a superb chance of, of a wild card spot now, especially after uh, winning back to back games both in Division Two and um, you know and and having um, beat Seattle. Uh, and then Seattle losing to the Niners. There's certainly a huge chance of the Rams. The schedule they've got coming up too to, to get a wild card spot. It's between the Seahawks, the Rams, the Packers, and the Vikings. There's four spots there. Two of those teams, um, two of those teams will get in the playoffs. <laughs> Honestly, right now I'd probably put money on it being the Rams and the Packers over the Seahawks and the Vikings, which is uh, which would put a, a a fun end to the season. Um, they look they look great. They really did look great against the Cardinals. Um, you know, this is Cardinals at home who who've been a pretty good team at home this season compared to how they have been on the road. Um, yeah, Kyron Williams, he was the name in this one. He came back. He was impactful on his return of off IR. Uh, two hundred and four scrimmage yards, two touchdowns in the air, and when paired with Royce Freeman, they put up two hundred twenty yards on the ground as a team, which is just mental. And uh, Royce Freeman, as well as seventy yards in the ground, scored a rushing touchdown as well. Um, Tyler Higby had two touchdowns in this game, two from Stafford. Uh, the first two for a tight end this year for the Rams in, in this entire season. Um, Stafford looked really good as well. Um, finally turned those sort of t- uh, those big time plays that he's had all year into touchdowns because um, you know, admittedly two of them went to Kyle Williams, but um, yeah, he looked he looked really good. And um, the probably the best he's looked this year, you know, as a complete game, especially when you add in the box score as well. And that's with a banged up Cooper Cup. He was pretty much absent in this game. He got he got taken off of points as well. Um, and as for the Cardinals, it's probably the worst they've looked all season. If I'm being honest, Kyle did not look great. Um, they got out coached probably for the first time this season as well because you know they, talent wise they're, they're significantly worse than a lot of teams in this league but they've they've been coached well. Um, their defense was completely torched at home. That rep, you know, that's not happened this year at all. Um, you know, <laughs> at least they had a cool fake punt. The punt run for for quite a few yards to get a uh, get a first down um in this game as well. Uh, but unfortunately they did have a bad special teams play as well because at the end of the first half Matt Prater made a fifty eight yard field goal. Obviously he's so good. He had the record for for a while as well for the longest field goal. He's such a good kicker to have. Um, even you know even at his old age. Um, but because they committed a foul on that field goal as time expired, they went straight to the half. And uh, yeah, after that game, it was a close game at that point. But after that game, the, the Rams just uh, ran away with it. Uh, after that play, the Rams just run away with it. Um, and yeah, as for the Cardinals, we'll be interested to see what they do, do at QB this year. Um, you know, next year, sorry. Kyler was, I'll probably say Kyler was, was, was okay. He wasn't terrible, but he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't brilliant as well. And this Rams defense, you know, he's played well this year, but it's not very talented at all. So you would hopefully thought he would have done better than it. Um, but look, pressure up the middle, Aaron Donald kind of game, isn't it really? Especially with how small, you know, Kyler can't really see across the middle of the field. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it was supposed to be for disaster. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know what they do with Kyler Murray. I put if, if they don't keep Kyler up, yeah. If I'm if I'm Chicago, actually no, not Chicago. But if I'm if I'm Atlanta, if I'm um Tampa Bay, if I'm maybe if I'm um who else uh, who else needs a QB in the NFC? The Giants, some of that. I go get Kyler Murray if I'm being honest. Um, there's there's so there's so many teams in the NFC that could do with a quarterback, and I I Kyler Kyler is certainly a serviceable starter, and I think he uh you know. 
when healthy, obviously, when he's just come off a big injury, when you know, when we'll give Connor a whole off season, I think he'll be really good. And uh, just need, especially we've seen that he's the first couple of games he's come in, he's made a big difference compared to Josh Dobbs, um, behind a good offensive line. You know, this Cardinals offensive line has been really good this year compared to what it has been in previous years. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But um, they they unfortunately did not look good in this game. Uh, and then we'll finish off with Monday Night Football, which oh. I probably should have just done this podcast. I waited. I wanted to wait for a whole slate and do, do a podcast on Tuesday, but I probably should have just done it tomorrow. I just left this game because this game was horrific. Um, yes, the Bears won their fourth game in seven weeks, and um, to really sort of uh, obviously now they got the number one overall pick, pretty much guaranteed from the Panthers, they can win games, I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, oh yeah, after a horrific start to the season, to, after a horrific start to the season, they've won uh, four games in you know in yeah they've won more games than they've lost in the last month or two. Um, yeah, you know, did it in ugly fashion again, winning twelve ten against the Vikings, not scoring a touchdown, but at least beating their division rival. Um, it's the first game this one that Josh Dobbs really showed his inefficiencies as a passer. Um, yeah, you know, at least that they've been evident because he's he's got away with so many turnovers this year. Um, and you know he's one of the worst turnover for play percentages, especially compared to big time throw percentages. Um, this year, um, in the league. But he's made so many plays with his legs for touchdowns that he's won games and and you know he's been he he's looked quite quite good as a package this year but as a passer not so much. Um, he had four interceptions last night. Um, it could have been five as well after Jalen Johnson dropped his second interception for him. That probably would have been brought back for a pick six. Um, yeah. Uh, the Chicago defense stepped up really. They looked quite good. Um, against the Vikings offense that has again scored a lot of points, been in the top sort of 10 15 point scoring teams this year, um, all year, even with Josh Dobbs. Um, yeah, so the Vikings didn't look great at all on offense. The defense looked good, it frustrated Fields for a bit, it, they kept their offense in it. it they allowed uh, Dobbs to hit Hawkinson for a touchdown to take the lead with five minutes left to go. Uh, but Justin Fields led the Bears to a field goal drive with just over a minute left to a big time throw across the middle to DJ Moore to win the game. Um, and that shows to me that that look, again last night I thought Fields looked really good. He turned ball over three times and still was um had an excellent game. I thought I was no two times. He fumbled twice. Um, obviously Dobbs could have fumbled a turned ball over five times. So the bit of a level was there, but he was by far the best quarterback in this game. Um, yeah, I, I again I if I'm Chicago I keep Fields, but I think they will do it. Um, Minnesota now they had to win this game really for the playoff um in pitch because they got teams behind them now obviously they look they had a you know two three game lead but you know by the seems of it a couple of weeks ago but now um now after two straight losses obviously after their big win streak they're at six and six and they're um they're they the, the Packers could beat them to the uh to, to the playoffs at this point obviously it's got to play at some point this year so we'll see how that goes but um yeah that game's gonna be absolutely huge and um yeah, you got the runs behind them as well as well as maybe an NFC South team. If anything, all this Monday night game, as well, as bad as it was, um, is is blown the NFC playoff picture wide open, and I'm absolutely loving that. So uh, we're in the podcast on that point. Um, I've been Sam Moore, as you've been listening to the Full Time Yards NFL podcast, and I'll see you on Friday for our Week 13 preview. I can't believe it. What a week this was. I hope next week, I hope next week will be just as good, because, yeah, we certainly had some fun this week. It was great, it was great to watch these games on Sunday, and, uh, yeah, it looks like we've got a new frontrunner in the MVP race.